It's time to watch The Muppet Show with special guest Cleo Lane. Actually, siblings? No. They, no. They, they, they almost look like it, though. Oh, really? Megan? Hi! I see that you're painting your nails, I'm but. Painting my nails. Did you know that it's also time to watch The Muppets? Is it time to watch The Muppets? I think so. I mean, I think I did watch The Muppets. I watched it, so I guess it's time to talk I about watched it. it. I have a lot to say about this episode. <laughs> mostly. Do you really? Mostly. There was this one skit that was going on, and I was like, this has to be the UK spot, right? I'm and then sure. I was like, no, this is the UK spot, because it's some British shit. Uh-huh. Oh, so then, yeah, I guess we'll see. I thought I knew it, too, but maybe also, I didn't. Also, the UK spot, I think, is why they had the warning in the beginning of this, because it was extremely problematic. Oh, okay. And yeah. That, but, I forgot to say that this episode had a warning. Not forgot to say, but... But by know. the way, this whole episode was the UK spot. This episode was in... Incredibly English. I don't know. It was very, very, very weird. I'm guessing Cleo is an Eng- a British artist. All right. So we watched the Cleo Lane episode of The Muppet Show, episode 216, originally airing in the UK on January 15th, 1978, and in New York it aired on May 15th, 1978. I only mention this now because I find it so interesting. I got to the point in the Jim Henson book where they mentioned the syndication rights mm-hmm. and how networks could kind of air it they all opted to air it whenever they aired it they received like a package of episodes oh yeah so they just that's played so whatever weird. ones they wanted and that's why a lot of them started out with the rita moreno episode yeah i think that's so interesting that they like basically were given a bundle and they decided that this is the best mm-hmm. foot to put forward and it makes sense now when you read all of these dates when i've been doing this with you and it's like some of the dates don't really make sense. Oh some no, the dates are fully all over the nothing place. Nothing syncs up, and then that's why we say the UK premiere versus the New York City premiere. They're calling like CBS two our CBS, the like look. True the UK American carried version. this show. Yeah, the UK is why this show is so popular. And that's so interesting to me. It's mm-hmm. like I don't know. I, you don't think immediately that like the Muppets and like all of like we always talk they're Americana and stuff that that would be so so beloved in the UK is kind of crazy to an extent it is all right so our episode opens with I want to read exactly what these warnings are that they give yeah say it says because I did save it because I do I really do think that it's so interesting that some of these have it so the warning on this episode is this program includes negative depictions and or mistreatment of people or cultures. These stereotypes were wrong when they were they were wrong then and they are wrong now. Rather than remove this content, we want to acknowledge its harmful impact, learn from it and spark conversation to create a more inclusive future. I think that is the coolest cool way to honestly go about it. We're it- not canceling, we're just making We're going to talk known. about it. Yeah, and and honestly, it's like, yeah, it, it was a song in jest about how, you know, the sun never sets on the British Empire, essentially. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, so let's get started. Cold open. Scooter calls for a guest star, Cleo Lane, 
Cleo, I hope the Muppets like me. Animal pops up to show her that they don't just like her, they love her. And he's quite aggressive about it, too. So now it's like, things like this yeah. make it like, let's find the problematic thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, the, I, I really want to just mention right now, the Muppet Show theme song, Gag for Gonzo. Oh, I loved was it. Was amazing. I, he the, blew his trumpet and it flew it away. It flew away. And then he goes, he, it like flies away, it has flown away, and he goes... Come back here. Yeah. Like, like no energy. It was so here. cute. I loved it. This I is one of my favorite so Gonzo openings. Come back here. Because what, the one last time was like green smoke. They've done that a bunch, I feel yeah. like. Just the smoke coming out of it. It would be it's especially like, oh. funny if, I know that's not possible because Lost came out in the early 2000s, uh-huh. but it'd be really funny if it was the black smoke. The Lost smoke monster, came, smoke out monster. Of, <laughs> came out of the trumpet. <laughs> So Kermit the Frog introduces the show by announcing that tonight they have one of the truly great guest stars. They always say this, I feel like. Fozzie comes out to thank him for the introduction. Thank you, thank you, you're too kind, Kermit. I'm not kind, and you are not the star. Fozzie pulls Kermit aside and tells him that his ma is in the audience. I love that Fozzie has a ma. That's what, I call, That's what I call my mother. See what my mother is in the audience? Hi, ma! You call your ma? I call her ma. Like when I'm like, hi, Ma, what's up? Yeah, Ma. Like, yeah. Okay, what's up, Ma? Ma, I need your help. Ma. Um, so then we immediately go straight to our first bit, which is a tropical limbo number where Blue Frackle, Green Frackle, and Baskerville all try to outdo each other. I, I didn't hate this. I didn't hate this. I think it ended on an amazing note. Oh, yeah. I love that scrunched Kermit up Kermit. smashed in. I thought so he was scrunched. Robin almost. I was like, he's looking like Robin. He all did look like Robin when he's like. Mm. So Kermit comes out on and tops them all. And then Kermit goes backstage. Backstage, Kermit pays the consequences for his limbo moves, but all Fozzie can think of is mother. He's, like all, a, he he's a mama's boy. Number. He is a mama's boy. He is definitely a mama's boy. I like that Kermit was like, Kermit, Kermit's like, I can't help you. I'm all scrunched up. Yeah. <laughs> he even says, I'm all scrunched up. That's the funniest way to put it. Fozzie unscrunches him by using his arm to jack him up. Kermit quickly abandons Fozzie to introduce Cleo Lane. Cleo, I don't know. We really talked about what she, who she is, what she does. I don't know her at all. I mean, she's a really nice voice, and I like the zag zag zoo. Not really a familiar name. That's why I think this is like a very British episode because I I think because look, it's not like Kate Bush, who was way more popular in the UK and then like kind of like a cult favorite in the US. Yeah, like I don't even know who Cleo Lane is. I wonder if Kate. Bush, well, I mean, I guess we would have seen it. I don't think Kate Bush ever guests on this show, right? Oh, she's so, if she, she didn't, should. she should have. Because she's yeah. that bizarre. This though. is like, we're going to go back, we're going to punch up some sketches, yeah. and we're also going to get Kate Bush yes. on, on, Let's do this, it. on an episode. Bring back the Muppets and Kate Bush. So it says here that Cleo Lane is a British jazz singer. Okay, makes sense, makes sense. Lane is the only singer to have, only singer ever to have been Grammy nominated in pop, classical, and jazz categories. She was, oh, oh, we did talk about this last episode because she was also awarded the honor of Dame by Queen Elizabeth II. Oh, yeah, and I said Dawn yeah. French and Jennifer Saunders <laughs> should be damed. Actually, I, it's so funny because after that, I was listening to something else and they were talking about British royals. Yeah. Or like, not royals, but like anointing. I don't know what it's called when they like make you a knight or yeah. a sir or a dame. And um, 
They said it's like it's not just about like all the accomplishments you've done, but like how much money you've like donated. Oh, really? Yeah. It's like a campaign-y kind of thing. I, like I don't know. Mm. It's it's extremely political, essentially. Well, I'm not going to donate money to get Don and Jane in. Jan, Jane. I didn't Jen. kind. Of, I kind of. <laughs> yeah, I kind of don't understand that because it's like, to my understanding, like, yeah, the UK is a democracy, right? Mm-hmm. But like the British kingdom sort of, like, owns all the land and owns the water and owns... Yeah, I don't they really They sort of just own everything. It's all above my pay grade. Yeah. I don't really know. It is weird. And then, like, you watch... like Have you ever watched the show The Crown? And they I show... I only, like, in passing, never, like, seriously watched it. And they show how the Queen, like, met with the Prime Minister's... On, yeah. like, a pretty regular basis well, and they, stuff. Yeah, definitely. So. And then doesn't she have to do that symbolic, like, knock on the door in, like, the British court system when Does it comes she? to, like, supreme rule or something? Uh-huh. I don't know. A lot of our laws are based off of British Yeah, law. yeah. Like, For people who hated it, we sure were like, well, what if we... Well, this is a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, and, and some of this. And, and, it's, and a lot of it is borrowed from other laws and things like that, mm-hmm. too. Like, anyway, we won't go into this. Ah! You just put a, a wet fingernail in your hair. I just painted my nail and then tried to run my painted nail through my fin- through my hair. And, uh, yeah, I ruined my nail. During the introduction, Fozzie races on stage, distracts Kermit, then pushes him so that the bear can introduce Cleo Lane. The bear. Cleo then sings, I, It Don't Mean a Thing, with Dr. Te- Teeth and the Electric Mayhem, introducing each member of the band to the audience as they play. This was cool. I kind of liked cool. how they jammed out. They just jammed. And it featured a lot of interesting direction and editing. Like, yeah. There was, oh, like, yeah, the with the panels, square. Oh, yeah, it was very, like, 70s the funky. The swipes. Yeah, it was very funky. Stuff. And everybody kind of having their chance to um, do, like, you know, to, like, kind of riff and have their, like, solo moments, you know? Yeah, it was, it was nice. Cool. Yep, very cool. And then this is the thing where she was... They Floyd told Cleo that they nail animals' feet to the floor. I loved that. Yeah, she's like, I really don't <laughs> want to introduce animal, and it's cool because that's like a callback to, I guess, the introduction yeah. earlier. And he's like, she's like, I don't want to introduce animal because, and they're like, oh, don't worry because we nailed his feet to the floor. Don't worry, man. I love that. My friend Steph. Did I ever talk about this? My friend Stephanie, growing up, her dad talks like that. Oh Still my God. does talk like that. He'd be like, hey, man. How's it going, Meg? I know. Like, all right. (laughs) Dave's not here. Meanwhile, I don't think he was a hippie. He was in the Air Force. Her parents met in the Air Force. Yeah, but he's. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Backstage, Fozzie begs Kermit to let him go on, but Pigs in Space is next. Mm. So Fozzie begs Kermit to let him be in Pigs in Space. Why can't I be in Pigs in Space? Because you're not a pig. Well, nobody's perfect. Uh, I love this. Fozzie then hears Miss Piggy asking where her costume is, and he basically says, I got an idea. I loved this. So funny. I thought this was, I was cackling. Fozzie Bear in Miss Piggy's wig was so great. When Fozzie, like, enters wearing her wig and everything, and, like, his his attempts at sounding like her. First of all, Fozzie in drag. This is a drag moment. It's so funny. I was gagged. It was I amazing. It. it was amazing. And the fact that it's still Frank Oz makes me even more delighted. And, and the way he was moving his body. So it's like uh-huh. Frank moving <laughs> Fozzie the As way Piggy, he moves Piggy. With, with Fozzie's voice, but still her inflections. Like he's like, Mong Capitan and stuff. That was so goddamn so funny. So 
good. I think this is one of my favorite versions of Pigs in Space. I think it's one of the funniest dumb little bits that they've done. The payoff of Fozzie being played by Frank arguing with Piggy. Oh my god, it was it was being chased amazing. by Link. This whole like I don't so know. So meta. It it's so funny. It was he, so funny. He he literally looks ridiculous in this wig. It's so goddamn funny. It's great. And the fact that he's just trying to be in every sketch because his mom's watching. Mm-hmm. And he's like, we're just acting. Like, it, what didn't he say that yeah. in the middle of this? Yeah, because I think um, Captain Hogthrob, like, kind of comes on to him. Or Link says something, right? Does. Like, and he's like, oh, you'll do anything for me? Blah, 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 blah. Here it is. Captain Hogthrob, after inquiring about Miss Piggy's shaving habits, dismisses the rest of the crew so he can make a pass at his first mate, Miss Piggy. Uh-huh. He is left chasing Fozzie Piggy around the bridge of the swine trap. This is so gay innuendo, <laughs> by the way. Like, this is so, like, he never notices Piggy ever. I know. And, like, the one time she doesn't supposedly, like, shave and her whole face is hairy, he's like, hey, how's it going? He never notices Piggy. I no. didn't even think about that. He dismisses Peggy. Piggy. Peggy. Hi, Peggy. He dismisses her quite often as, like, this is the female, leave her to do female duties, like the ironing. The kitchen kitchen stuff. stuff, Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. And now suddenly he's interested now that, you know, Fozzie's in drag playing her. This is gay code, by the way. Backstage, Piggy's on the hunt for Fozzie for stealing her costume and her part. She leaves to look for him just as Link chases Fozzie offstage where he is revealed to be an imposter. Now both Link and Piggy are after Fozzie, but only until Fozzie redirects their attention to Kermit, blaming him. <laughs> this was really amazing. The like the shuffle of like it sounded like true Piggy and it sounded like true Fozzie, but it was mostly like in sounds of like grunt and mm-hmm. you know chase sounds. It was gr- they're doing so much better with the backstage of yeah. it all. And the, having the understanding of everybody's voice and direction and drive. Movements, everything. Like a show within a show and all the goings mm-hmm. on and, and connecting the dots, like connecting the through lines. It's like Fozzie's mom being there and Fozzie trying to be in every sketch is such a good through line. Yes. Yeah. And using that throughout and not just having it be explored for a second and then kind of letting it fall to the wayside and and picking it up later or something. Exactly. And then it's like, okay, now another cut to backstage where we kind of pick up that story. It's like, this is more seamless. It's all together. Versus when we had that episode where the guy was like the investigative reporter trying to get like gossip on the set. And he kind of never really... I did like that Muppet, but I... (laughs) He was very cool looking. But, like, he wasn't properly utilized. It wasn't woven in as successfully as this kind of a bit. So Fozzie returns to the stage with Kermit otherwise indisposed. Fozzie figures the rest of the show belongs to him. Fozzie. I thought I'd come out, tell a few jokes, sing a few songs, then... Kermit. Fozzie, will you get off stage? Fozzie. Yeah, that, that too. Oh... Put a pin in that. Mm-hmm. You know what we forgot to talk about? What? When Kermit gets a smush face. Yeah. Did you see Statler get a smush face? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he does He does a limbo underneath the other one's arm. Yeah. And has to, like, smush face himself. <laughs> I loved it. Okay, so Sorry, did that you think this was the UK spot? Guest puppeteer yes. Bruce Schwartz performs a Bunraku ballerina I'm going to look up if Bruce Schwartz is British. He kind of has to be, right? I mean, it, it. this whole thing is so British. It's so bizarre. American puppeteer and sculptor. Okay, 
I have to tell you, Doug, I know that you've never seen Being John Malkovich, but this is some fucking John Cusack and Being John Malkovich shit. Like, oh, really? I'm going to have to show you a video, and you're going to be like, what the actual fuck? Bruce Schwartz, also known as Bruce D. Schwartz, is a puppeteer and sculptor. It's the Schwartz! May the Sh- <laughs> Schwartz, May be, Schwartz be with you. <laughs> Schwartz also served as an additional puppeteer on the Muppet movie... And was the focus of an episode of Jim Henson Presents the World of Puppetry. Schwartz performed extensively on stage in, 19, in the 1980s using Bunraku style to present elaborate Elizabethan style drama such as She Moved Through the Fair. This, uh, I don't know, I thought this was really interesting that they had a different puppeteer on. It was better, was it better than the, than the, the Shadow Puppets? Or the Shadow Puppets? I don't know. Because I swear to God, this puppet was so creepy to me. It was very creepy, and I did not like the his I, hands being so present, either. I did not like this. The illusion was not there for me if it moves so elegantly, but you see him going like, you know, I don't know, it was weird. It was weird, and that's why I was like, this is the UK spot. And then if we move on to the next segment, I was like, oh no, this is the UK spot. UK spot. Because Rolf the Dog, Baskerville, and Afghan Hound sing Mad Dogs and Englishmen. Yep. And there's, oh my god. Do you, can you look up the lyrics to this song? So this song was written by... I'll look on. it up. This song was written by Coward as he as he drove to Hanau, to, from Hanau to Saigon, and became a staple of Coward's Cabaret Act. The song is often quoted with a Doctor Who novel taking its name from the song, as well as an album by Joe Cocker. The song is by Noel Coward from 1931. It's kind of talking about, it's like, okay, the chorus is, Mad Dogs and Englishmen go out in midday sun. The Japanese don't care to. The Chinese wouldn't dare to. Hindus and Argentines sleep firmly from 12 to 1, but English men detest a siesta. In the Philippines, there are lovely screens to protect you from the glare. In Malay states, there are hats-like plates, which the British Britishers won't wear. At 12 noon, the natives swoon, and no further work is done. But mad dogs and Englishmen go out in the midday sun. So, it's like, it's such a surprise Uh for the Eastern eyes to see. It's like, it's very much about other cultures, kind of. Yeah. But hold on. Oh, it's such a shame when the English claim the earth that they give rise to such hilarity and mirth. I thought this line in particular was kind of interesting mm-hmm. because the English did go out and claim the earth. Yeah. Like in that, and they're like kind of celebrating it and singing yeah. about it, which, you know, it kind of is what it is. I mean, I think this is kind of an interesting topic because we do talk about colonization a lot in mm-hmm. this country anyway, and obviously like British folk, French folk, Spanish, Portuguese, they're like the... The Dutch, like, all of those people have colonized. Yeah. And especially Englishmen, or England, because they've colonized, like, a lot of the world. Yeah. And, um, you know, if you think back, though, before that sort of colonization, you know, the Mongols were colonizing. Mm-hmm. And China was colonizing and things like that. So it's like, it's not, I, I don't condone it. I don't think colonization is, is, is good. Um, I don't know enough about it. You know, to be honest with you, and the effects on on native cultures it has, besides yeah. what I see in this country, which 
you know, it's really tragic and horrible uh, what happened to the Native folks in the U.S. Yeah, and it's still happening. And it's still happening, absolutely. You know? But I also want to say that if one country didn't colonize, another country would have. So it's like we can sit here and be like, oh, the American or British people shouldn't have colonized, but somebody would have. Yeah. There's no way that a culture wouldn't, with human nature, go out and conquer something. Because, like I said, the Mongols were doing it. The Japanese were doing it. Like, people were doing it. Uh And in other parts of the world, you know? And it's just kind of an interesting topic. um, I don't know. uh, Okay. If, if... The English mm-hmm. decided to jump off the Brooklyn Bridge. Would you jump off the Brooklyn Bridge with the English? Just because everyone was doing it? <laughs> um, I wouldn't. <laughs> I took no. such a tone. <laughs> I, I wouldn't. Look, I don't think it's great. I mean, I know that, like, my family, what I know about my family from Ireland, like, they really suffered under the tyranny of the Brits. Yeah. And they had to leave the country. Mm-hmm. You know, they were, like, indentured servants, yeah. but... You know, they ended up leaving for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. I don't know much about, you know, my dad's... You know, I kind of do, but that's a whole different yeah. take in, in Italy. Oh, well, but. and unfortunately, it's hard to find the right people to talk to about it, too. You know, to get the furthered story and everything. I think in... If I'm not mistaken, like, some countries in Africa have French citizenship automatically. Yeah. And, and kind of, like... I think it's easier to travel between British Commonwealth to British Commonwealth. Is that true? I think so. I think so, too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's much easier to get, like, to live in, let's say, England if you were born in Australia. Yeah. Guessing. Yeah, it's so funny to say that, like, colonization, yeah, even in Australia, it's, like, literally, they colonized this small country so far from them and used it basically as... Didn't they, like, literally bring their, um, like, prisoners there? Oh, yeah. The colony was started as a prison. Oh, yeah. They wanted to get rid of all the crazies. Yeah. So they, Anything like, sent that... The, they sent, you know, people, the, the religious fucking crazies to the U.S. Yeah. And, you know, the jailers to, to Australia. Yeah. It's, it's kind of nuts. And, like, this is the world we're living in. <laughs> yeah, today. Do you know who has a huge um, immigrant population? It's almost 50% who? immigrants. Canada. Really? Mm-hmm. They're, like, 45, 40% immigrants. Wow. Yeah, because I was, like, looking up the statistics of certain countries. Because we always talk about America as a melting pot, but Canada is, like, more of a melting pot. I mean, America's much has much more people, to mm-hmm. be fair. I mean, Canada's a huge country, but it's, like, most of it people don't live in. So. Yeah. Like, that's really interesting. Yeah, it is. I don't know. There's a lot of just like people just write off Canada as like either pleasant or just well, America's Canada, hat. Canada whatever. doesn't have a military the way the U.S. has a military. They do have a military, but it's a peacekeeping military. Mm-hmm. So they go in and they'll help people and they yeah. do certain things. But like the United States military, you know, it's like yeah, yeah, <laughs> a pretty aggressive. But the thing about the U.S. too is like. You know, there's, like, all sorts of, like, military contractors, too. Like, it's not enough to just have a military that belongs to the U.S. government. You're also mm-hmm. paying private yeah, military machines to go out and be, like, lawless around. It's it's. I, I won't even get started about this, but it's kind of nuts. I, I love to learn about how, I don't know, different cultures affect each other, too. Because uh-huh. you think about, like, Europe, it's like there's so... the. Europe is small, and it's like 
each country is kind of like the size of a state, and yet the cultures are so vastly different. Yeah. And they live next to each other. I think that's so cool. It is really cool. It is really cool. Swedish chef. Cleo and the chef sing a duet of You're Just in Love. Cleo in English and the Swedish chef in mock Swedish. Okay, first time Swedish chef got... A guest at all. Yeah. Like, not even anybody. Well, no, that's not true. I mean, they've inserted him into the beginnings of episodes, like, where, where like, he's had to cook for something. Yeah, but I mean, like, like, in his bit, he hasn't yeah. had anybody hasn't other than the... anybody inside. Remember the lobsters? Yes. With the guns? Oh, my God. <laughs> the, that, like, they were, like, Mexican lobsters, right? Yeah, they were, like, a gang of, like... Mm-hmm. Didn't they have, like, um... What do you call it? Like sombreros they had on, sombreros and like fake and they mustaches. Had, yeah, and they had accents. Yeah, they had like Chicano accents. I don't know why they were <laughs> lobsters. Yeah, I don't though. either. <laughs> There's not really a you know no, famous seventies stereotype there, but no. All right, so this was good. I don't know. I liked it. I liked that um, the Swedish chef got some, I guess, some musical time. We got to see a different yeah. side of the Swedish chef, and. Statler and Waldorf actually say something about that. They're yeah. like, oh, we got to see a difference. I got oh. to n- learn something new about the Swedish chef. Yeah. He's, he's, he's bad at another thing. Yeah. I didn't do the punchline. I don't know what it was, but he was something right? about he's he's bad at two things yeah. now. I don't know, whatever. All right, so Fozzie's comedy act is back again. After nearly ruining everyone else's act, Fozzie finally gets his chance using Kermit as an assistant for a demonstration of paranology. The art of reading bumps on the head, even if even if he has to make them himself. Oh, okay, yeah, he's like... Oh, and he makes like, the bump. Yeah. This was dumb. This was really dumb, and I also... Okay, so I'm like still reading the book, and I got to the part where they're talking about how basically they were struggling to write for Fozzie in the beginning, and how like they realized that they were writing a bad comedian who then was also kind of unlikable because he just wasn't funny. And there was no real, like, good gimmick and hook there to him. And it's funny because I keep, I don't know, I feel like every episode that he does comedy in those old episodes when we were watching them, I'm like, this isn't funny. And it's not funny anymore that it, oh, it's not funny, therefore it, it is funny. Yeah. You know, it wasn't working that way for me. But we saw that it wasn't working in general, and I guess it wasn't working for them either. Yeah, they noticed it. What do you think about the narrator's voice for Jim Henson? I really like it. I like it, when too. When he's like, oh, guys, I don't know. Like, yeah. his, his, like, Jim voice, and then you he does a, really, a Kermit voice. You did a really good job of that. <laughs> I even like when he does, like, a Frank, or he does Richard Hunt's voice, yeah. and then he does their voice doing their Muppets, too, is really interesting. And it's subtle. Yeah. But he's like, oh, I don't know, guys, let's all go out. Let's all go out and have some dinner, and we'll talk about how yeah. we're going to do the show. Yeah, definitely. You do a really good job. Thank you, Megan. You do a great job of the narrator doing Jim Henson. I'm doing the narrator doing Jim Henson. Yeah. <laughs> While Kermit is busy chasing after Fozzie, Robin the Frog comes on stage to introduce the final number. The final number being Cleo sings the melodic if. the mel- Sorry. Cleo sings the melancholic. The melancholic. If, while Bruce Schwartz accompanies her with another puppetry performance. Ugh. I was glad she was singing. I'm just so happy that it wasn't just Bruce Schwartz doing his John Cusack style puppeteering from, you know, being John Malkovich. Truly was. Which I have to say was more entertaining 
than this. This truly was the best way to do both. I didn't want to see another puppetry act from this dude, and I did not want to see another song from her, so at least she gave me both of them at the same time. And it made it a little <laughs> less bad. I mean, her voice is good. Have you ever seen... Uh, this is totally off subject. I watched this video like maybe this time last year. I don't remember what the movie was exactly, but it was a Jake Gyllenhaal movie, and they were doing like a small press junket for it, and whoever the director was... He could not say melancholy. Oh, was it he melancholy? Would, he, would say, no. he would say melancholy. <laughs> <laughs> Jake Gyllenhaal is like, it's melancholy, Jim. Melancholy. And then he looks straight down the barrel of the camera and he goes, that is not the first time I've had to tell him how to say that word. Uh, soulful, spiritual. She has a touch of melancholy once in a while. It's melancholy. Oh, it's melancholy. I'm sorry. Let's get that one wrong. You're so good. Um, Not the first time um, today. I actually like that better. Melancholy? Yeah. Yeah. Mikruave. It's a little bit more fun. I mean, because it's a terrible feeling, right? So, like, I'm feeling melancholy. I am feeling melancholy. How can you feel melancholy if you have to say melancholy? It's such a fun word. Exactly. Sounds like broccoli. Jim loves those fun words. And he also loves melancholy shit, too. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm in the part of the book where he's just talking about, like, creating the dark crystal. Really? I'm excited to get to that point. Yeah. Those Muppets are a little creep creepy. They're very creepy. Yeah. Have you seen that movie? Yeah. In, like, recently? No. It's very boring. I've yeah. never been able to watch it. You know what I watched, like, fairly recently was The Labyrinth, and... How does that hold up? No. No? <laughs> it's not good? No. I, like, the Dark Crystal, I remember... There's no story. I mean, it's just cool looking. It is just cool looking. And, and Jennifer like, Connelly is still so beautiful in that movie. And David Bowie's bizarre and, like, very David Bowie. Yeah. I So, I watched the Dark Crystal, like, in maybe middle school, high school age. And I remember my mom bought it for us. And she was like, I just found this on DVD. And I used to love this movie. And I'm really excited to show you guys it. And I was super into, like, the Muppet movie and that kind of stuff. So she's like, it's a Muppet movie. (laughs) I think I had just seen The Labyrinth for the first time. She's like, you like that? You like this? You're going to love this one. So I was like, okay, we'll watch it, you know? And I remember sitting there and being like, what the fuck? And then she even was like, this is so much more boring than I thought. (laughs) That I remembered. And I was like, oh, no. So... Then, like, fast forward to a few years ago, they did a, a prequel series for Netflix, a TV show of The Dark Crystal. And I tried to watch it with Liz, and Liz loved it, and I just could not get into it. Still, I was like, this is Are boring. We gonna, we're going to probably have to watch those, I too. think so. I mean, we're going to... Yeah, we're going to... going to go on for 20 years, yeah. right? We'll we're never going to stop watching Muppet This things. is just what we do when we hang out now. Yeah. <laughs> this is the only way we know how to hang out. <laughs> so, at closing, Cleo asks Fozzie how his mother enjoyed the show... When he asks her, they discover that she has fallen fast asleep. Oh, Ma, how could you? Says Fozzie. I thought it was lame that she was asleep. I thought it was lame, too, because we didn't get to hear how she sounds and hear, like, I guess Frank try to do, like, a female version of him. Yeah, that would have been I would have really liked to hear how she sounded. They do have a version of her eventually, I'm sure at some point sooner than this, but in the, the Muppet series from ABC a few years ago. Oh, really? I remember they seeing brought her in back. That. I wonder if they, like, watched old episodes and they were like, let's bring back Fozzie's mom. That would be cool to, like, try to find inspiration for new storylines from old storylines. everything that happens, though? Yeah. Reboots? Reboots. Yeah. It's all reboots. Yeah. Well, next we... Okay, so here's our edit. Sorry, before I jump ahead. Uh, the UK spot 
on what is CTS? Isn't that Children's Canada. Television? Oh, is it right? CTS? No, CTW. I'm thinking oh. of for Sesame Street. CTS. I don't know who that is, but CTS, the UK spot, Mads, Mad Dogs, and Englishman is cut on Disney Plus. They included a disclaimer for the negative stereotypes. So I guess that was just your Mad Dog sketch, right? Yeah, the Mad Dog. It was dog. enough to cut. All right, Megan. Next week. Next week. Are you excited? Are you Do ready? you think they talk about, you know, like, the harm the British Empire has done on the world the way that they talk about the harm of the Holocaust in Germany? I don't think so. I don't think so either. No. No, I don't think it's really talked about at all. Okay. I mean, even in this song you're ta- you mentioned, like, Yeah, but don't they have, like, all the, like, don't they have, like, ancient Egyptian ruins in their museums and things like that? Like, didn't they steal, like, everything? Yeah. Yeah. It's... It's horrible. <laughs> okay, anyway. Gloria, next week what? Next week. Next week, next week, next week is the Julie Andrews episode. Oh, this I'm one has so to be good, right? Excited it has to be good. For the Julie Andrews. All right, here's the plot. You ready? There's a cow backstage, and Kermit and Scooter try to figure out where it came from while Gonzo starts lusting after it. The Swedish what chef the plans, fuck? The Swedish chef plans to cut it up and cook it, and the Flying Zucchini Brothers shoot it out of a cannon. At the end, Julie complains to Kermit that she seems to have lost her cow. All right, this one's going to be very good. It's going to be weird, and I love it. I'm very and excited for And is it the cow Andrews. from the British, like, marmalade? Ooh, it doesn't have a thing for me to Pre-marmalade see. I hope it's that marmalade. cow. Let's see. Oh, no, it's a cow. Oh, it's a real it's cow? It's a real cow. Spoilers, it's a real cow. Aw. Jesus. Okay. okay. Um, so join and us next Scooter week. Scooter is near the cow? Ugh, that poor oh, yeah. cow. That poor cow. It's going to be bored to death. <laughs> um, you can follow along with us on social media at ITTWTM. And uh, thanks for the-